I live in Los Angeles, and not to complain about having good weather all the time, but I'll admit, I kind of do miss the seasons every now and again. And since the pandemic started, so many of the other markers that we usually use to tell time have vanished. And a big one for me is baseball season. Something about these long, hot days just feels off when there isn't a game on in the background or when you don't have to plan your day around avoiding Dodger Stadium traffic. Ah, the Dodgers, always getting in my way. I grew up in Northern California, cheering for the San Francisco Giants, and as such, cheering aggressively against the Dodgers. That competition, it could get a little scary. I even remember this one time being at a Giants game when I was a kid. Two Dodgers fans came back to our section, and maybe it was because I was little, but those dudes seemed huge. They weren't wearing shirts, and they were painted completely blue, like the blue man group without the instruments or the skill. They started a fight with some of the Giants fans, and we had to leave our seats. And even though I know that's completely insane to get in a fist fight over a baseball game, I feel emotional about this rivalry. And so do Dodgers and Giants fans. Dodgers fans hate the Giants, and Giants fans hate the Dodgers. We're supposed to. It's out of passion and though we rarely admit it, a certain mutual respect. I may cheer against the Dodgers, but I do love going to Dodger Stadium. I cannot believe games are going to happen there this season without any fans and most of the stadium staff, without most of the people who make being there an experience. Today, we're going to hear from a Dodger Stadium employee who has worked there every season for almost three decades until this year and what missing the season means for her and her family. I used to tell people <laughs> Disneyland isn't the happiest place in the world. Dodger Stadium is the happiest place on earth. From Neon Hum Media, this is Telescope. I'm your host, Jonathan Hirsch. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to bring you stories of people who are far away, up close, and how each of us are learning to live through this moment. Our producer, Haley Fager, has a story. Dee Dee Reed grew up in L.A., and she was raised on Dodger baseball. I love my boys in blue. Her dad taught her the game, and they watched together. Actually, that was one of the only things he ever, like, did with me. It's hard for her to talk about, because her dad just passed away this May. He wasn't the kind of dad that would sit there and play with us and take us out, but he did take us to a Dodger game twice because of Fernando Valenzuela. Valenzuela was a pitcher from Mexico who played for the Dodgers in the 1980s. And he was incredible. In the beginning of his first full season, for a while, he just never lost a game. It really felt like the other teams just didn't even have a chance. He went on that season to not only win Rookie of the Year, but also to win the National League Cy Young Award, which is given to the best pitcher. Valenzuela was a phenomenon. He led the Dodgers to a World Series victory that year, their first in 16 years. The Dodgers were back, and it was all thanks to him. No words to express what's going on here. The sound of a cheering crowd tells it all. The Fernando Valenzuela 
well the magic is alive and well who's to say when it will end the fan fervor around Valenzuela was so intense, it got a name, Fernando Mania. He only took us to the game because Fernando was such a big deal coming from Mexico, you know, so it was a big deal. So he was like, oh, I got to go. He would let her and her brother and sister buy whatever snacks and drinks they wanted. But when she got her food, she was focused on the game. Didi wouldn't get up from her seat, not even to go to the bathroom. They're like, well, go in between innings. And I'm like, no, that's when it's full. No, 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 I'll just go later, I'll go later. Even when I watch it on TV, everybody laughs at me. They're like, how do you watch it? And I'm like, I can't even take a bathroom break because I love it so much. Like, I sit there and watch it. And they're like, dude, it's boring. And I'm like, okay, if you say so, but I disagree. When Didi graduated from high school, she interviewed at Dodger Stadium, and they hired her on the spot. I worked in a regular stand, in a hot dog stand. My first day there, I was in a, in, on the field level, which is like the busiest level. And I mean, it was nonstop pouring beer and soda the whole day. And my hands got all sticky because, you know, it, it, it splashes onto your arms. So my arms are all sticky. My uniform was full of beer because it splats. And I mean, you go home smelling like hot dogs and beer. Back then, Didi says she was rebellious. She broke rules, but they seem pretty harmless. I used to get in trouble for wearing the wrong shoes at work. That's what I was really known for. They're supposed to be solid black. I'm a big Adidas fan, so I always would wear my superstars. And they were white, so that really <laughs> made them stand out. Yeah, they would always catch me. Oh, and watching the game, I would get in trouble for that. When Didi started working at Dodger Stadium, she wasn't looking for anything long-term. She just wanted a summer job to make some cash before college in the fall. You know, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was 18. Like I said, I was going to school and I'm like, okay, I'll go apply. And then the first day I worked, I had fun. It was opening day, so that's the busiest day of the year. Baseball season starts around April, right when days are getting longer and warmer. It's really hot. You just see a lot of white and blue. And people are just so friendly. Like, they talk to you, they mess with you. They, it's just fun. Didi has two kids, DJ and Ricky, and they lived down the street from the stadium. When they were little, Didi's mom would take care of them while Didi was at work. But when they got bored at the house, they'd just come hang out at the stadium. And they would sit there and watch the game. People would be like, whose kids are these? They're here all the time. And I just would laugh at the ushers, and I'm like, they're mine. They're like, oh. And as soon as they turned 18, they started working there too. She lives with her kids now and her brother, and all four of them work at Dodger Stadium. She and her daughter, DJ, run one of the bars together. It's just fun working in the bar with people and talking to them and, you know, messing with them. And then it's funny because my daughters, they're biracial, my kids, so people don't believe that she's, they're like, they're, they tell her, are you even old enough to serve me liquor? She goes, I am. And they're like, yeah, right. And then they're like, where's your mom? She's like, oh, I'll call my mom. Hold on. And she calls me. They can't believe it. They're like, oh, my God. And they'll sit there trying to chit-chat. We're like, okay, I need to help the next customer, guys. <laughs> the customers know her, especially season ticket holders. One year, she moved to a bar on a different level, and a season ticket holder came and found her at the new location just to catch up. Didi's dad always bragged about her job at Dodger Stadium. He was really proud of her. Oh, he thought it was the best job in the world. He would tell people, oh no, my daughter works at Dodger Stadium. And they're like, oh my gosh, she does it. Oh yeah, she's been there a long time. 
Dee Dee can't imagine her life without the Dodgers. This would have been her 29th season. Over the years, she's had other jobs on the side or in the off-season. But her work at Dodger Stadium, it's part of her identity. It's something she looks forward to all year. You get excited when the season's about to, oh, Dodgers are coming back, you know, Dodgers are coming back. And you get to see everyone again, and it's baseball fever. Opening day at Dodger Stadium this year was set for March 26th. Dee Dee and her family had already done their training days, had gotten their new pairs of black shoes. Dee Dee follows the rules now. But then, in the middle of March, everything changed overnight. The world shut down because of COVID. And at first, Dee Dee didn't know what this would mean for baseball season. But then she got the news through a letter. After almost three decades of working at Dodger Stadium, she was out of a job. They sent us a letter in the mail and told us due to COVID-19, we're not having a season, something like that. Just go ahead and file for unemployment. The letter was from Levy Restaurants. The food and beverage services at the stadium are contracted out to Levy. Her bosses never called her. No one from Dodger Stadium ever checked in to see if she was okay. All four of us work at Dodger Stadium that live in my house. What happens when we have no money to pay the rent, buy food? I don't know what happens next. My insurance is about to run out in September and I'll have no more insurance coverage. And we really need that. Dee Dee's health insurance isn't from the Dodgers or from her employer. It's through her union, Unite Here, Local 11. But it's only active if she's working. But it's not just health insurance. If they don't have their jobs at Dodger Stadium, they'll lose a lot they can't get by without. I would lose my car. My brother would lose his car. Our lights would probably go out. I'm so scared to even think about that happening. Like, I stress every day. Where my neck hurts and my back hurts, I, I'm like because I can't sleep right. The whole family was expecting to start work at Dodger Stadium in late March. They were all suddenly unemployed, with no backup plan. They didn't have second jobs lined up, and trying to find one right now, after restaurants have shut down and businesses have closed, not only are jobs scarce, but they're risky. You can't even apply for a job because then you get exposed, like... I don't even want to go out. The numbers are getting higher in, in California. So I'm like, okay, if I go out and get a job, then I'm exposed. My daughter's like, mom, I want to try to apply for a job. And I'm like, don't do it yet, babe. Let's wait till unemployment runs out and then you can apply because I don't want you exposed. I don't want you out there. She and her kids and her brother received $350 each from the Dodgers as part of a $1 million payout to stadium workers. Some Dodger employees received up to $750 each. It might sound like a lot of money, but the Dodgers brought in over $500 million just last year. It's heartbreaking. It's disappointing. I mean, you could have done, you could, you still could do so much more with all the money that we make you. If I could tell you how much these, my bar brings in during playoffs and World Series, you would, you would be shocked. It's just, they, they, they did nothing. That $350 was a slap in the face. Usually you have to have been working recently to have lost your job to file for unemployment. 
But because of COVID, some new programs now offer unemployment assistance, and people in California have been able to get unemployment even if they hadn't been working. The state expanded unemployment to include gig workers or people who are self-employed or own small businesses. Through these programs, workers are entitled to up to $450 a week, plus the $600 per week from the federal government. Didi and her family eventually got through all the paperwork and the endless phone calls and started getting benefits. It's how they've been paying their rent, buying food. But all of those benefits, they're temporary. And right now, it's early July. This is Didi's last week of unemployment benefits. I'm just stressed over what happens when this extra money runs out on unemployment. Yesterday when I did my unemployment, I just found out that I was on my last week of unemployment. So I got really nervous. My daughter had told me, Mom, this is my last one. And I was like, oh, wow. So when I checked mine, yeah, it was my last one also. And a lot of her coworkers are in a similar situation. They're like, Didi, what are we supposed to do? What, what happens next, you know? And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Everybody's scared. Everybody's worried. Didi says she's heartbroken. After so many years of working at Dodger Stadium, she expected more. Even though Didi's experience working at the stadium has been positive, the relationship between the Dodgers and the community surrounding the stadium has left some scars. Dodger Stadium was built in an area of Los Angeles called Chavez Ravine. It was home to thousands of Mexican-American residents. And around 1950, residents received letters in the mail informing them that they had to leave. The land was being developed. Some took buyouts, some refused to go and were dragged from their homes by force. Those homes would eventually be raised. The land cleared to build Dodger Stadium. Fernando Mania, it was a Band-Aid on that history. Having a star pitcher on the team who was Mexican, it helped the Dodgers win back the hearts of the population they had displaced. And it worked. Today, a lot of Dodger fans are Latino. And Didi's one of them. She believed in the Dodgers, thought they'd take care of stadium workers if push came to shove. I want them to step up. I want them to say, okay, this is going longer than we expected. Let us give you guys some more money. If they were to say, hey, we'll pay you three months of work and give you more insurance, because that'll give us more insurance. I mean, that's not a lot of money. Because at this point, we're running out of money and unemployment, and we have nothing. Didi's union represents almost 1,200 Dodger Stadium workers. The union is asking the Dodgers to pay its members lost wages from this season's missed games, and also to cover the cost of health care benefits. In the meantime, while they wait for a response, the union has organized a food bank, and Didi and her family have been relying on it, showing up at 7 in the morning to get to the front of the line. There's about 5,000 cars lining up for this food bank, so the necessity's there. There's a need for it. When she's sitting in that line at the food bank, she thinks about all the food sitting in storage at Dodger Stadium. They haven't even given us a weenie. All those weenies are sitting in the freezer at Dodger Stadium because you know they had already ordered them. All these sponsors that they have that can give bags of food, bags of chips, they were all sitting up there. And even though this job has brought Didi so much joy, it didn't come without sacrifices. 
being on your feet for six hours. You're really just standing, like walking, like back and forth, back and forth. And it takes a toll on your feet as you get older. Her son wasn't able to play Little League as a kid because the games and the practices conflicted with her work at Dodger Stadium. They were always on Saturdays, and I had to work on Saturday. And to practice, they were always in the afternoon, and I was at work. So he couldn't, they couldn't play Little League. It was so sad. I felt so bad. I felt guilty because I couldn't take them because of the season, you know? It's the same season. And because she was always working the games, she never got to take her kids and sit with them in the stands, like her dad had done with her. Because of this, they've gone. But I've never sat there with them. I didn't sit there with them growing up. My daughter was a grown-up for the first time I sat at a Dodger game with my daughter. And that was only because I had a doctor's appointment and I couldn't go to work that day. So we ended up going to the game after my appointment. And that was the first time I sat with my daughter. She was 20 years old. She called off for work so she could go to a Dodger game with me. They always watched the Dodgers on TV when the team was at away games. She has spent so much of her life invested in this team. Sometimes I want to say maybe I shouldn't have given up so much of my kid's life to my job. But then I'd probably do it again if I could. I used to tell people this was Disneyland isn't the happiest place in the world. Dodger Stadium is the happiest place on earth. Baseball is planning to come back for a partial season, but without fans. And no fans means no jobs for most stadium staff. So even though the players will be getting paid, most stadium workers like Didi will still be laid off with their unemployment about to run out and no clear options of what to do next. But even after all of that, Didi says that she would go back today if she could. I miss the people. I work in the same stand every day, so I know the people around us. I know the season ticket holders. I know the, the ushers, the ticket takers. And then they'll like, oh my God, your daughter's so grown now. You know, that's how long they've been coming there, the season ticket holders, that they walk by and they're like, I can't believe your daughter works here now. And I'm like, well, my son's over there. And they're like, oh, I saw him the other day too. She had a great time with the fans. And there was a camaraderie among the people who worked there. They would throw each other birthday parties and have potlucks before the games. And if somebody's having a baby, we have a baby shower there at, in our stand before the gates open. And I miss that so much, like celebrating everybody's birthday. And then one of the girls is pregnant right now, and I, and I sent her a message, and I said, hey, we're not going to be able to throw you a baby shower. I feel so sad. I miss that so much. But through all of this, Didi realized that that kind of support it never came from the Dodgers. It came from them. Thanks to Didi for sharing her story with us. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Before you leave today, I just want you to know, if you didn't already, that Neon Hum does a lot more than just Telescope. We're producing a whole series of original shows that are coming out this fall. 
And we recently partnered with a number of media organizations to produce new shows like Motive for Murder with NBC and Dateline. If you're interested in other projects that Neon Hum has under our belt, you can go to our website, neonhum.com, and sign up for our newsletter. You'll find interesting behind-the-scenes detail about the shows we do here on Telescope, but you'll also hear about all the other great shows we have for you. So check it out, neonhum.com. Telescope is made possible by the world-class team of producers, editors, and engineers that make up Neon Hum Media. John Asante is the managing producer of Telescope. This episode was reported and produced by Haley Fager. It was edited by Vikram Patel and Catherine St. Louis. Our engineer is Scott Somerville. Thanks to Matt McGinley for our theme music and to Blue Dot Sessions for additional tracks you hear in this episode. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Neon Hum Media. You can also join our Facebook group by searching for Telescope. If you like this show, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We want to stay connected with you during this unprecedented time in our history, so please don't be shy. Share your stories with us. Our DMs are open. If you have a story about how you're battling the two viruses right now, racism and coronavirus, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at pitches at neonhum.com. I'm Jonathan Hirsch. Thank you. We'll see you on Wednesday.